Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to another edition of Children of Song. As most of our listeners know, Children of Song is the podcast that explores what it must have been like to grow up surrounded by music. Some of our guests are the sons and daughters of music stars. Some of them began making music when they were so young that they can hardly remember a time when music wasn't in their lives. But all of them are children of song. I'm your host, Robert K. Orman, and I'm joined by my producer, Brad Newman. Welcome back, Brad. Hey, Robert. How are you? I'm good. You know, I'm going to tell you, this is a really exciting episode for us. I mean, we have been trying to get this woman to sit down with us since the beginning. Um, She's the original children of song. <laughs> you, you literally told me when, when we were looking for her, she said, this is the best interview we're ever going to hope to get. So, you know, a little pressure there on that side of the couch. But uh, no, you. Oh, no, this one's the best. This one. Okay. No, you're the best. No, you are. And so we're Together, excited. we're just, mm. There you go. Oh, we're, we're right here on Music Row in downtown Nashville, and as Brad said, this woman, she wrote the book. I mean, she stormed on the scene when she was 13 years old, and four and a half decades later, she's still packing them in. She's here with her daughter, who's also making her way in the music industry, so we'll find out what it was like to be growing up with a famous mama, and how she's trying to establish her own voice. So welcome Tanya Tucker and her daughter Presley Tucker. Thank you both for spending time with us. Oh, it's our Thank pleasure. Thank you so much. It's fa- fantastic. I mean, here we are on the, uh, you know, God bless the boys that make the noise on 16th, 16th Avenue. Avenue. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, still you making were, the noise. You were such a kid when you started. When, when you went to your daddy that very, very first time, what did you sing and what was his reaction? Well, I... How old were you? What, nine or something? I was, no, I was younger because I, when I was nine, he brought me to Nashville the first okay. time. So I had to be probably seven, probably seven. Mm-hmm. And um, and I went in, uh, we lived in a 12 by 50 trailer out there on Fort Grant Road in Wilcox, Arizona. And uh, went to my dad and I've been practicing a little bit, you know, uh, back in my little bitty room. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd sing, uh, practice. I loved Loretta Lynn, I loved... Start out singing, hang down your head, Tom Dooley, you know, those kind of songs. And uh, um, I w- went to my dad and I said, Daddy, I would like to sing you a song. And he goes, well, and he goes, you, could, you couldn't sing your way out of a paper sack and it wet, you know. <laughs> and so I just stood back and went into, you're cheating hard, we'll tell on you. And I, when I got done singing, he said, all right. He said, all right. And he goes, and that, that's the day he went to work for me. That's Hank and Williams. And he never stopped. He never did. Yeah. That's true. Because he, I mean, would, he, would, he, he would always... Um, um, he's driving you around to talent shows and stuff. Oh, and yeah. Oh. And, and, and trying to keep a job at the same time, you know, because he just did about just about everything. And I guess what really got us to Wilcox is uh, the, uh, drilling water wells. And so, and you know, my dad was drilling oil wells, started out as a tool pusher in, in the oil fields in Texas, but... And met, met and married my mother at 15. And then, That's right, I'd forgotten that. Yeah. And then my brother came along when they, I think they were 
19. Mm -hmm. Seven years later, my sister, LaCosta, and then seven years later, me. You're the late baby. I, I don't know about seven, every seven years, my dad got a little, <laughs> I don't know, I got seven years age or something. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, he, he, he was also, looking back on that, he was so, uh, such the backbone of, of my whole career, my life. And um, even though uh, he wasn't musical himself, no, no, I mean he he could sing. Mm -hmm. He could. I mean, he but your could mama carry was it. really the singer, right? No, my dad both my both of them. My dad had a he loved Ernest Tubb. That was his favorite singer. Okay. And uh, so I was on the phone with my friend and Hank Thompson, and we were in, in Austin, and and uh, and me and my dad were talking on the phone a few years ago, and I and I said, yeah, sing a little bit of that to me. And he starts singing, If I could waltz across Texas with you. <laughs> and I put it up to my friend's ear. And he heard, he said, my God, your dad has a great voice. I never knew he could sing like that. <laughs> of course, my dad was embarrassed when he found out that I'd, I'd, I'd passed the telephone. But he really, he, my dad had a knack for knowing people mm -hmm. and, and working with people and, you know, uh, and knowing what they wanted and what they wanted to hear from me, and he'd talk to me about what to say and what uh, what people really want to hear from a kid. But you had a go-getter personality too. I well, yeah, I guess I did. For a kid, I, mean. I did. But he was, uh, you know, the one that was. I mean, really, the, the the story. I mean, people talk about my making a movie of my life story. The movie to me is his story, his life, mm -hmm. and then. When right go right up to when I got started, and that'd be the end of the movie. Oh, really? So of course, really? sequel. You know, we got a sequel. Got to plan ahead here. But you know, uh, he it was just amazing his life and and uh, the kind of I mean, he when he walked into Columbia Records, you know, and said, "I want to see, I want to see." Uh, oh, that cold. was RCA. RCA. He, he walked in cold. He wa oh yeah, walked in off the street and me in tow, and at uh, nine. At nine, and he walked in and said, "I want to see Chet." You know, Chet Atkins. You're kidding me. And the lady says, well, I'm sorry, uh, sir, but Chet's, Mr. Atkins isn't in today. He goes, well, I want to see somebody. And he started walking, <laughs> and the lady couldn't stop him. And he went to the first office, and there was Danny Davis. Remember Danny yeah, Davis? Yeah, Nashville mm -hmm. Brass. Mm -hmm. He was the head of A&R at That's that time right. mm -hmm. at RCA, and he had his feet up on the desk, and, and the secretary said, oh, I'm sorry, sir. I, he goes, and he told me later, he said, in my mind, he said, that's a mad daddy. I'm going to listen. Go ahead and listen to what he's got just in case because you don't want to make a mad daddy matter. So uh, he, sure enough, he listened to the, the little demos that I did and my sister did, LaCosta. Mm -hmm. And in that little studio, I don't know where, it was called Exit Studios. And um, uh, they were they were just horrible. But everywhere we went, in every, every record label, we, we'd walk down that street uh, down the street and here, 17th Avenue, yeah, mm -hmm. and and stop at every record label and go in and uh, and he just barge on in. Yeah, and yeah. Did he put pressure on you in terms of like, listen, if they're ready to have you sing live, you got to be ready to go. Or? Oh yeah, no, we we pulled up in uh, in uh, Henderson, Nevada, and I was um, by this time I was eleven, and uh, we uh, didn't have have a place to live. We we were kind of uh, in between places, pulled up to a trailer uh, uh, in uh, trailer estates out right outside in Henderson, and it was for sale. And so he goes, "You and my mother wait here." And we had a '67 Chrysler station wagon. I'll never forget it. And so he went in about ten minutes later. I saw him go, 
and so waved you on me in. Me and my mother got out of the car and went in, and he said, sing this woman a, a, a song. And I, you know, again, I reached down and got, you're cheating hard. <laughs> and I sang it. When I got done with the song, that lady said, I'll see y'all later. I'm going to Missouri. And she, she, she a little off, you know, which nobody logical ever gave me a shot in life. That's right. And only the crazy, you know, little left of center people like, okay, <laughs> you know. And she left and we moved in. We moved in right then. That's wild. So my dad had, and I don't. I, I, he just knew I, how to yeah, get it done. Yeah, I don't. He was a get-it-done guy. Yeah, but he just had, a, a, you know, if, if I have a regret, it would be like probably, I'm sure a lot of people feel this way when they get older, but uh, their parents all of a sudden get really smart, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I'd give anything just to go back again and, uh, you know, and do exactly what he said to do. I wish I, I mean, had if he said go right, I'd go right. You know, we get up to about 18, 19, 20. That's when you, you start knowing everything. Kicking over the traces, yeah. Want to have a little fun with some friends that you can't even remember their I can't even remember their names now. That's right. But they were so important at that time. And, uh, but he, uh, I would, uh, that's what I would do. And that's the thing I'm having right now with my, I've got three kids. Right. They, all three of them, 28, Presley is 28. Grayson, my son, is 26. My youngest is Layla. She's 18. <laughs> and um, uh, all three of them are talented. I mean, this is a mother speaking, but uh, I'm pretty critical. <laughs> you know, I was like my dad. My you dad. Got, you've got my really, dad never gave me any, uh, any, any. Uh, you have slack. really good ears. You have really oh, good yeah. ears. You know. And I don't know why. I really don't know why. But it's just God's gift, I guess. Yeah, you it were always that be. way. Yeah. I've all, and you know, I've always been able to pick my own songs. You think about it. How on uh, earth did you Robert, get Delta Dawn? Well. We're, we're sitting in there in his office, and whose office? Uh, I'm sorry, Billy Sherrill, my first producer. And I went. We flew to town from Las Vegas, or Henderson. Mm -hmm. We lived in Henderson, and flew, and flew, and me and my dad, and because um, we had a record deal, and uh, uh, hadn't signed it yet, but we flew in. Long story short, we're I'm going every day, staying at the King of the Road Hotel, every day going to Billy's office, uh, right over here, uh, mm -hmm. right over here, Columbia. And, and I just, you know, that was back when reel to reel. And I've seen him thread that dang tape machine, I bet you a million times. Mm -hmm. And Billy, you know, he would have a, his feet up on the desk, a scotch in one hand, and Winston in the other. That's right. And, um, the way I remember him. <laughs> and, you know, he just, he was a different kind of guy. My dad would sit out and, and sit with a secretary. Emily was her name. I remember her. And she wrote Love Me, Loves the Answer. I didn't know that. The, the other side of James Sound Ferry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she wrote it. That's a good song. So I loved it, and I wanted to cut it. But but from that, you know, when it, we sat down, and, and here comes Al Gallico. Remember Al Gallico? Oh, yeah. One of the great publishers, you know. Real, Bill, New, real New York. Very, very, you know, he's a monster. You know, he talked yeah. like that, had a big cigar. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, he was just a, a powerhouse. with the, Billy, you know, had his cronies. He had, George, you know, George Ritchie, Carmel Taylor, Nara Wilson. Mm -hmm. All those guys were his. They liked to just hang out with him because they, mm -hmm. he was such a genius. Glenn Sutton. And Glenn Sutton? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Crazy man. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was right in the middle of all that. And so in walks Al Gallico. All the cronies are over there, and they're going, hey, we're excited. We got a, Gallico has got a song. And uh, so uh, Gallico uh, comes in. Got a, I got a monster, Billy. Got a monster. And he had the, never forget it, he had the 45 copy of Happiest Girl in the Whole USA. Donna Fargo. 
And so he, they played it, he, Billy played it. And after it was over, he looked over at me and said, so what do you think, kid? And I said, and I remember what I had on, okay? So I definitely remember what I said. And uh, uh, with my little white go-go boots, and I said, you know, I, I think it's a really good song, but it's not my song. And Billy looked over at uh, everybody, and they were going like, you're not going to listen to her, right? You're not, not going to listen to this kid. And he said, well, you heard her, boys. And they... Uh, they kind of, at this point, you know, thought Billy probably kind of, kind of lost it for real. And they're scratching their heads walking out that Billy's listening to a 13, just turned 13-year-old kid now. He's lost it. And um, so when they left, Billy goes, you know, I was watching the Carson show, the Tonight Show last night. I saw a chick on there singing a song. I want to play it for you, see what you think. And it was Bette Midler he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And, but he played me the guitar vocal of Alex Harvey, who wrote the song. Right. Started off, she's 41 and her daddy still calls her baby. And when I got done hearing that song, I went, now that's my song. And Billy goes, we're going to cut it in the morning at 10 o'clock. Well, it was, two, it was more like noon, but uh, I was asleep on the couch. He finally woke me up <laughs> and it had all these great musicians, you know, Pete, uh, Drake. Still good talk. Pete Drake. Drake. Oh my God! Salute, salute, and Jerry, uh, uh, Jerry Kerrigan on drums, and and had uh, Billy Sanford on guitar, Pig Robbins on piano, Strelecki on upright bass, and Tommy Ossoff on five string bass. Cool. And Charlie McCoy on harmonica, mm-hmm. and the Jordanaires, and the Nashville edition. And there you were. And right. Billy would never give me headphones. He just he goes, No, I won't keep you keep you uh, honest, mm-hmm. and. So he put a little, and I've never seen him since. So it was a monitor, like about that big, about that wide, on each side of my head. I've never seen that. That's either. how I recorded. Wow, let's hear it. Delta Dawn, what's that flower you have on? Could it be a faded rose from days gone by? And did I hear you say? He was meeting you here today To take you to his mansion in the sky What? Well, I'm like, my voice is not awake yet, you know? Oh, I know that. I to, you you know, sound great to I me. I went to see Don Henley in, uh, in, uh, in about the seventh song. He, I, he started getting it, you know? And so after when I went back, he goes, yeah, it took me about seven songs, but I finally got there and I went, oh, it was right on. I mean, his voice had to warm up. But yeah. Um, so Presley, I, what was it like growing up with her? Well, I mean, a lot of fun. <laughs> I was never back on the road. Uh, never three weeks after I had her. Yeah. Uh, and and, and I Juan, Juanita took care of you? Um, well, when I wasn't on the road, but I try to be on the road as much as physically possible. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about now or then? Then. Oh, then. I mean, she now, had no chance. She had no choice. <laughs> Were you homeschooled? Were you homeschooled? Um, I did a little bit, but that was much later on in life. Um, I went to normal yeah, public school. Yeah, you know. College Grove Elementary. I didn't like school when I had to go to it, and I don't, 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 don't really don't like it with my kids, because, you know, I want to spend more time with them. They've got to go, be in school. I mean, it's, it's, it's important. I there know were definitely those important. days, you know. Mama, I just don't feel so good. Yeah. 
Well, they always use, well, you didn't, you know, you didn't finish school. I said, no, 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 no. No, let's don't go there now. That's a totally different thing. Which is true. You know, these days, <laughs> these days, you know, you really need something to, well, probably, I probably needed needed it too, but I'm not, I'm not sure if the business called me or I was calling it. I think, you know, right. this was meant to be. Do you think her music influenced you as far as what your own music is like or not? I don't know. That's kind of a loaded question. I mean, oh, I would definitely think so. Big time. I mean, <laughs> but who, I mean, I was around so many influential people, but I mean, definitely mom the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, sure. you know, she's, uh, Merle was a big influence for her too. Mm -hmm. I first introduced her to him, I, and he wanted to hear her sing a little song, and I said, just rear back and sing, you know. Of course, they don't do that. <laughs> like, no, I don't feel like it right now. I just froze. Me, I'm, and she goes, Mom, I was so scared I couldn't even talk. Started crying. I go, but <laughs> you don't know how you, you, you would have made him feel if you just reared back and said, you know, what's that, sing that song. Oh, gosh. You no. taught me how to love oh. with all my heart. It's a too little, low, it's too low. Less your, you know my heart, I trusted you. You sing it and I'll do a little harmony. Um, now you say we'll have to live apart. A thing I don't know how to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he, I see you would have just made his day. You know, one of the coolest things about you is that you made the transition. You know, you were a kid who made it successfully as into a, an adult star, you know. But and Robert, that's, that's rare. That's not many that did that. But you know what? I've had a chance to think about some of this stuff. And you, where I think that comes from is when I, after we cut Delta 9, like you said, it's going to come out tomorrow. We cut it, and it was out the next week. You didn't have time to be a child star. <laughs> no, but, but Billy said, I don't, I'll tell you boys, I don't want anybody knowing that she's 13. Mm -hmm. I want this record to make it on its own, not because she's a little freaky, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but I don't want anybody knowing her age. So I think for a, a while, it kept it a secret, mm -hmm. you know, for a little while, and, uh, and for some, they found out right away, but people that really wanted to, but because I wasn't really known as a uh, a child star because I sang such grown-up songs. You did, Blood Red and Going Down. Well, and that comes from my dad mm -hmm. saying to me when I was a kid, he goes, let me tell you something, Dan, you can say you got two problems. One of them is you're a girl. And the other one is, at that time, you're a nine-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. He said, so you're going to have to sing the song with three times as much feeling as the person that recorded it. Wow. Because they're not going to believe a nine-year-old kid with those well, kind of... would you lay with me in a field exactly. of stone? I mean, come See, on. See, that's what I'm saying. So the, he goes, you got to be believable, and that's not believable, you know. Uh, you ain't woman enough to take my man at nine years old. Just don't... So I think that's what he'd say, sing it over again. Put it in there like Hank Williams would do it. Just put, put it in there, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, that's I think that's where... Well, you never did sound like a kid, it's true. Yeah, yeah. people think, uh, people say, I've heard it said, how, you know, how do you put that so much feeling in that song? It just, I, it, 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 I think it's because of him. Did I think you, that's did, where that I comes think, from. I think, too, you know, what Crutchfield told me one time is that you somehow knew that when the red light went on, oh, yeah. you gave 100%. Oh, yeah. That was like, I, I, I The red light I loved. You know, they mm -hmm. quit using red lights because uh, singers would get so paranoid. Mm -hmm. When they put that red light on, you know, it just kind of 
uh, made too many people nervous, so now they don't have that anymore. But to me, it's, like, go time. it's time to go to work. Yeah. Right. And if Ever. there's Roy Rogers, and you could see him in the control room, I remember looking up, singing Lizzie and the Rain Man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I see Roy Rogers in the control room, standing next to Snuff Garrett, and my dad standing there. I'm thinking, whoa, my dad is high cotton right now, man. He's got the king of the cowboys, you know? <laughs> And it, so that's when I went, you know, when I saw Bill Medley. I saw, see him through the glass when I was doing, oh, what it did to me. Mm-hmm. And this makes me lay it on him. Yeah. Like my dad said, like, Woodbury soap wouldn't wash it off. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> did, you, did you ever resent, though, sometimes the pressure, or was it fine? I mean, it seems like it was, it was good for you, but was there ever a moment where you were like, geez, I, you know, I'm trying here, and he wanted more and more and more? No. Uh, She's competitive by nature. Yeah, but the, I mean, I don't remember any time, uh, you know, because first of all, it made my dad happy. I think that was important mm-hmm. to me. And whatever made him happy, I was willing to do. And uh, of course, you know, I mean, he, he, he uh, I got my share of spankings, you know, wasn't, I wasn't spanking free, you know, but uh, I, I think when I got to be in my, tw- like, 20s and, 21, 20, you know, that's when I started like, oh, I can do this by myself. I can do, you know, I don't need to. And anything he said just kind of went, oh, that's not going to happen. And I'll be damned every time. Well, he, you know, he one of the, I was just beginning to, to really pay attention to country music when you moved from Columbia to MCA. To MCA at University of And they, they paid a fortune to get They you. did. And my dad, and my dad, dad that it. was the reason, my dad. And because he knew how to deal. And... And so when they turned him down in New York uh, for to re-sign uh, with Columbia, mm-hmm. he wanted, uh, I think, a million and a half or something. And they said, you're way out, you know, you're, you're out of your get on out of the office, you're mm-hmm. way out of le- out left field. He said, okay, fine. So when he walked across the street with my attorney, and you know old Bill Carter, you know. Oh, I know Bill. Yeah. And because uh, he was with the Rolling Stones, he's rough have, too. Oh yeah, he's they they together. I wouldn't want to tangle with him. No, 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 no. And so when they crossed the street, my dad looked at Bill and said, "Let's hell that. I think we're too cheap. Let's go up a million. And when he got on the other side of the street, well, they told he told Columbia, he said, "Well, I'm gonna go go see them people. That little dog, you know. He went, RCA. He meant, he meant he meant MCA, but." He's talking about RCA, but it was MCA, really. Right. So we crossed the street, went up, and of course Mike Maitland said, "You got a deal, you got a deal." I mean, it was all like, "Well, hell!" And so that I hadn't turned 16 yet. So the day I turned 16, I was in Little Rock, Arkansas. My dad rented the whole carnival thing for me, and uh, I had an old Model T car that was mm-hmm. uh, what do you call it, re, uh, reissue or whatever. Um, and I was driving it around, and and uh, um, how fun! Uh, yeah, my my dad they handed me. They handed me a uh, check for $440,000. But, but what happened, we're in the office, in Bill's office in Little Rock. And my dad comes in, he says, Tanya, he said, man, we got United Artists in one office back there. Columbia's here too. They come back. <laughs> and, 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 and what are we going to do? Because well, he, you know, he, <laughs> they're offering $4 million. They're already up in the, the ante. And I said to my dad, I said, Daddy, I said, you know, I've already shake, I already shook Mike Maitland's hand, you know. I mean, let's have some. I honor. can't go yeah. back on that. Mm-hmm. I'm, he's probably wish he hadn't taught me that. <laughs> then let's go get the money and run. But no, I, he said I got you. So I said, you know, I said uh, I've already shook his hand. So 
I can't really go back on it. And, and you turned in San Antonio stroll and blam. Yeah, and then, well, they didn't know what to do with me then. It was mm -hmm. like, I remember the first meeting was in LA going like, okay, now we got her, now what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> who, uh, and the only thing that came up was Snuff Garrett. Mm -hmm. Who cut you know one album? Had two number one records, and I fired him. <laughs> said, yes, "Daddy, I don't did. like working like this." So my dad let, said, "You got to let you go, son." He didn't mind letting people go. Do San Antonio stroll. When I was a child down in South Carolina, soon the Saturday sun went on down. My folks and sister would go and leave me home all alone, going to that big square dancing in town. Well, my old radio would play that old opera show So I never got lonesome or blue I'd fall asleep in my chair and dream that I was right there Just singing the whole night through My voice is still not great. Oh, but you know that guy I got a little Connie Smith in there Oh, I ripped everything from her I caught her in the bathroom at the, at the Opry one time. It was just me and her, and I went, that was my chance. I went over to her, and I said, I just want you to know, I stole every lick I could from you. <laughs> you know, once a day, you know that little that thing? Little, That's where I got that. I know. It's because she was my, I really loved her singing. little turn up at the end of her phrase. Yes. I loved cool. Connie Smith. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Still do. Still do. <laughs> She's a doll. Have you got a favorite Tanya Tucker song, Presley? Oh, that's hard. Um... I think I think I, I know one. My well, one Black of them. Water. Oh, I love that, of course. No. But I love Right About Now. Really? Oh, that's her favorite. Yeah, Right About Now. I just it's like the sexiest the 80s song nothing. I've ever heard. <laughs> I just love I'd it so be much. hanging on every word. Mm. That's a good song. That's a good song. Yeah. I do love Little Things though. I think that's. Good. Yeah, and you love Blackwater Bayou. 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 I love Bio. that. Which was a work vocal. I don't even know what. They... When the Outlaw era came along. And I, you yeah. didn't that one album, right? Well, it was the, that whole group of guys, and yeah, you know, Willie, Waylon, and Will, Jesse, yeah, and Dave Tom Malico, Paul. and you know all well, those yeah. people, and Charlie Daniels to an extent, Hank right. Jr., Marshall Tucker, yeah. You, know, you, that really was your niche. I mean, you were kind of right there. People didn't think of you that way, or did they? I don't know. But I always thought of you as being yeah. the lady outlaw, kind of like that was your gang. Yes. You know, you liked Willie and Waylon and those boys, and you oh, liked yeah. you know those. And it was Texas, too, was the other thing. Well, that's a, a new song that I've got. The, the, uh, I was hanging with Willie Haggard and Jones, and I found out my best friend is a country song. You know, it ain't hard for a girl like me to be one of the boys. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm just playing the game. I was, I was dealt. It was a dealer's choice. And them old twin fiddles and steel guitars are still my favorite toys. It ain't hard for a girl like T to be one of the boys. Mm -hmm. and so also, I got Willie on there and, and Merle. You, uh, and you co-wrote Leave Them Boys Alone. Yes, the, I did. Which was an outlaw song. First song that mm -hmm. um, I'd had recorded. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I always thought that was, I always felt you were one of them. You know, I always felt like, I don't think you get the credit for doing for women what they did for the guys. Oh, well, that's it's being, sweet. turning things over and making it different. You know, making a difference and yeah. making it, giving a new image and, and everything. Well, as you know, we, we, we talk about it and we're looking back because, you know, I, I never really uh, think about it too much. It's just, I just do, you know, and mm -hmm. then look back and go, well, I wonder why I did that. Well, <laughs> maybe this is the reason. <laughs> so I, it's not anything that really intentional, like I'm 
out there to mm-hmm. be one of you know I'm I'm an outlaw you know but you were I heard the outlaws ain't in no more so <laughs> I'm trying to get along with everybody in, in sense, but I mean in terms of being different and and changing things you did you kicked well, over well, the, well, you I, kicked and you pushed and you made things different oh well, and, I'm so flattered I appreciate it. I mean I don't and I, also you recorded one of the great anthems Texas when I die right I mean how that's an anthem of that era. Yeah, and that was like, uh, yeah. That's an Ed that, Bruce song, isn't it? Ed Bruce, mm-hmm. Ed and Patsy wrote that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, that was a big record on the TNT album, the mm-hmm. one that I'm leaving country for, you know. Yeah. Uh, and Where it was a little... It, which, was the that great, was, which was the greatest Tanya Tucker outfit ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, greatest outfit, right. but the album, I, I think, was a... Not this really. Everybody she, felt the leather, the leather pants outfit was. My, yeah. As a kid, I gotta tell you. Oh hell, I didn't even know what I was doing. I, I just trying to get to dinner, you know. I was like, hurry, let's get this done so I can go to dinner, you know. Uh, and I saw the pictures. I thought, oh, I see. You were hot. But I'd love. I wish I could find that outfit. I'd love to know where that's at. But um, you know, I I just never made an intention intentional move to do be that way. But you know, I definitely uh, I think I've been. Uh, Encompassed what you just said mm-hmm. in a song. One of the boys. I you got. I got to play it for you. Well, do Texas when I die. When I die, I may not go to heaven. I don't know if they let cowboys in. If they don't, just let me go to Texas, boys. Texas is as close as I've been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Presley, at what point did you know you wanted to do this? I mean, how old were you? Ooh, um, mm. it she took, was a little past. It took me a little while 19. to get there. Yeah. Um, and were you encouraging it? Yes, this? Uh, probably overly so, <laughs> because she finally said to me one day, she goes, "Mom, I don't want to do this. Okay, you're putting too much pressure on me. I don't want to sing." I'm not going to be a singer. I hope I, went, I didn't say it that I went, <laughs> Well, thank God. I'm Thank you for telling me because that's a weight off my shoulders. I said, you know, if you want to get in this business, I might have a little advice for you. I was going to say, you must have some lessons, yeah. you know. But if you're going to get in another business, I can't help you out much, but just, you know, wish you the best. Was she I think helpful? that was the problem, though. I think it was because I was so terrified that I was, you know, too too big of shoes to be, fill. Uh, you got to go back and, you know. Try to inferior, and she's not she deserve it, you know, or you know, well, this not is what let it be handed to you. I tell you what happened though. As soon as she said that, I, I done. That's good. I, that's good. I'm not gonna worry about that no more. And of course, I went on. She back. said, "I don't want to be a singer." Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and I went back on the road, and I come back a couple weeks later, maybe later than that. She picked me up at the airport in L.A. and she goes, "Mom, I'd like to play you something on the way home." <laughs> so. She puts in, it's her singing this song, um, what's the name of it? Big Easy. Big Easy. Oh, my gosh. I go, damn, Presley, that's, that is really good. I go, who wrote wrote that? She goes, I did. I went, okay, so maybe you do kind of want to do this. I mean, the first song she wrote was just killer. I want to hear something that you did. Just killer. It's been a long time. And then Paul Overstreet, you know, he latched on to her and said, "Uh uh-oh, and um, he was recording her, um, she Spent Christmas with him one year. She was mad at me. I said, "Well, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad she's with Paul Overstreet. That's a good place to be." Yeah. Let me hear something you've you've done, Presley. You want to sing like yeah, Rice, hit, Rice hits the ground or one oh, of your own? Maybe I've been sad sober. Okay. Yeah. Um. 
First line is, uh... Mm, yeah. I've been south or sober Since you told me we were over Every nightmare I stagger back to you I ain't getting no better, baby On the verge of going crazy Still alone when I come to But my drinking ain't as bad that's the reasons that I do. Wow, yeah. that's really good. It is yeah. good. Thank you. That's very cool song. They've written some really, 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 really cool songs. You're listening to Children of Song. I'm Robert K. Orman, and I'm joined today by my producer, Brad Newman, and we're spending some time with the legendary Tanya Tucker and her daughter, Presley. You know, what I think would be cool is to start a group, put a group together called The Second Generation. And it's all the kids of. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, these guys, my kids, Travis has got a couple mm-hmm. to throw in there. one big show. Travis Tritt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, uh, well, we, we've lost uh, uh, Linda's daughter. Georgette can really sing. Really? Oh, Georgette yeah. Jones, she can sing like a bird. I'm not sure Nancy would. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. You were a bad influence. Uh, yeah. Oh, Nancy might get me. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know the, the daughters and sons of uh, of uh, uh, oh, and the Campbells too. Throw mm-hmm. the Campbells in there. Yeah, they're good. They got, and the and the Nelsons, Lucas. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it would be so cool just to do one tour. What did you the second fe- generation? What did you feel when Glenn had the long goodbye? You know, yeah. Alzheimer's. Uh, through that period, did you reassess your relationship, or did you? Think think back on and it was very tempestuous at the time, but I think in time is a great healer and yes, oh my God, yeah. Well, it, it, time just exposed the fact that uh, that he was my true love. I mean, he was my my love love of my life. I think so. so. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, her dad was uh, another one, but mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you know, I was younger then and and. Uh, I really, I mean, in fact, I was. I went down there when they, you know, buried him uh, in delight, and I just got in the bus and went down. And I and all his brothers and sisters, and mm-hmm. all they all sang. One minute they're singing, the next minute they're ho- uh, they're haying a horse, and uh, next minute they got a golf club in their hand. I mean, <laughs> so just and it was just really a great experience. And they said, you know, that helped them to heal. They said we put it together. Got thinking. It's been 36 years since. We've seen you down here because Glenn and I went down for Christmas one year in Arkansas. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he goes, you know, the, a lot of the the, the 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 whole thing was basically, gosh, if if there'd been just a little, if I you know hadn't have broken up with him, mm-hmm. uh, if I'd made a little different choice, things would have turned out differently, you know, and that I we probably would still been together because I was just too young, but yeah, I did, uh, you know, uh, and when I heard the song that uh, Forever Loving You, I sort of rewrote it, but I had the, 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 the nut of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I just rewrote it with what I would say to Glenn. It's my last love song to him. And it wasn't to take away from anything from his wife or his family or uh, immediate family. I just wanted to uh, bring some more awareness about it, about Alzheimer's and help out in that way. It wasn't... Definitely wasn't. I mean, I guess she wasn't very happy with me, but I, 
I, you know, I would think the more people love someone I love, the better off we are, right? Lord. Bring the love, okay? But um, yeah, there was a lot of lot of regret, and uh, just every now and then I think about him, about him in that cold ground, and and I think, wow, what what a magnificent contribution he made. No shit. I mean, not only my not just, not not just for <laughs> to music, and not just for you know. I mean, I hear Merle Haggard singing, uh, yes, Carolina, man, we'll do that. Mm -hmm. And he, Glenn singing the harmony and playing guitar. And, and just to see that, and not only that as a musician, but his contributions to people. I've never seen him turn an autograph down, never seen him raise his voice to anybody. I mean, as far as a fan, mm -hmm. raised it to me a few times. I, say to you, yeah. <laughs> I raised it right back, you know. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, he really did contribute to my life, and and it was some of the the the, the three years of that I'll never ever. Yeah, ever it was a, an amazing, amazing thing. If I he was to a go golden, somewhere, he was a golden he child. He really was. He really was, and he he just never. I never, to, He never had never had any. Uh, if if something went wrong, he didn't get nervous. And, uh, you know, like like I'd kind of get a little shaken. He never nothing ever shook him. He was so gifted. So incredible. I That's mean. amazing. You know what? I love hearing you two together. I just listened to you harmonize with her. I want to hear you harmonize with her on Strong Enough to Bend. Okay. Because that has a beautiful harmony part, too. a little lower key, though. Mm -hmm. uh, this is such a melodic song. It's such a pretty oh, song. Oh, Beth Nelson Chapman. Yeah. She really made that record. Her, That's her, her singing on Her harmony, <laughs> yeah. I got her to come in and sing on the track mm -hmm. for stage, you know, because I really missed it. But these girls, they, they, they do it real, really great. There's a tree out in the backyard That never has been broken by the wind And the reason it's still standing It was strong enough to bend When you say something that you can't take back Big wind blows and you hear a little crack When you say, hey, well, I might be wrong We can sway with the wind till the storm is gone Sway with the wind till the storm is gone Like a tree out in the backyard That never has been broken by the wind Our love If we're strong enough to be Yeah. Such a yeah. Great, isn't that a great song? Oh, no, so nice. <laughs> really, what it says, the words are really pretty special. Well, you know, it's, it's, I, you know, I go through, I, when we per preparing for this, I was going through the, you have, your hit list is so long, it's kind of like, gee, what do I pick? And you I, know, I have a, a really pretty good body of work. I mean, you're really, uh, the list goes on and on. It's just amazing, you know. But all I, I'll think about is what I haven't done, you know. It's okay, I've done that, but now what I have? Well, there's a bunch of stuff I haven't done. It's like uh, Willie. I mean, God, how many albums did he have? And he just keeps. I on got checking. a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he cuts wait. one every other week, he don't sure he? Sure does. And it comes in at number one. I can't. How did he do that? <laughs> how do you I think love the it. How do you think the business has changed? For, oh. the, for the better, for the worse, or just different? 
no, I mean, better and worse. I mean, both. I mean, there's some things that are better and then some things that are not so much. But I'm not really sure what that would be, though. I mean, because, you know, any, any, the world changes. That's all we're absolutely for sure of. That's for true. Is it's going to change. And it'll change again. It'll constantly change. I think, unfortunately, in my, in my opinion, which is all it is, is I see, uh, I hear a lot of people complaining about, well, it's not country, broke country and all that. Mm-hmm. But somebody obviously likes it. I mean, there, there's people out there that like that. And that really, uh, and I said, more power right. to them. I mean, I'm I got all for it. But it is different now than it was back then. But I'm not sure that anything would be the same or similar to my way I got started. Mm-hmm. There's just you, no way you could done that again. What are your goals, Presley? What do you want to do? You have a, I, you, have a you have a group or a duo? We do. Yeah, uh, we're we're in a band called Reverie Lane. It's me and my bandmate Spencer Bartoletti, and she's from Pittsburgh. I'm from Pittsburgh. Oh no way! Yeah. Wow. You're good, she's from uh, Burgettstown. I know where that is. Mm-hmm. Oh. So she's uh, the little uh, my little Yankee, but um, she uh, we met probably about. We're only an hour from West Virginia, but right. Well. <laughs> My my thinking on it was, you know, I've never wanted to be a part of a band, but she chose. Uh, she I guess became friends with Spencer, and they started working together. And what it had, it, they work harder than any people, uh, anybody I know. Mm-hmm. I've never seen. They've written like two or three hundred songs. Wow! And they're constantly working. But what I wanted to do, and it's all come together now that Spencer's there, and they have a really cool sound, and. Um, uh, and they really get along. They, you know, because me, I'm thinking group, group, break up, break up. You know, right? right. Let's, let's let's prevent this. But it's all worked out really good. And now uh, that I've got her and Spencer on the road, and they're enjoying it and oh, they're loving both it. Singing back up for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting spoiled too because they're, you know, that family harmony. Yeah, you can't, can't beat, beat it. it. Call me up at two a.m. Say I'm the only one who understands you. And I'm thinking, you know, if I could, my dad would have busted my ass and made me keep playing guitar, learning guitar, mm-hmm. then I could just can't hit the road by myself. Mm-hmm. I could play guitar and sing, you know, like do a little Elton John, except on guitar. Except you didn't practice. No, except I didn't learn. <laughs> and I say what I've told, I told Presley, I've told Layla, Grayson, Grayson plays left-handed guitar. And so you got to, if you're going to write songs, you've got to play an instrument. Because, I, you know, when I write, I gotta have somebody there playing, playing for me, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so it's really it hinders you. Just learn if you learn how to play an instrument, and that goes out for anybody out there. I mean, the guys, the girls love it. Uh, the girls, the guys love it. You know. So uh, pick guitar or play piano. That is my best advice to somebody. And every, the rest of it's gonna come. I asked Garth. I said, Garth, what would you do? You got three kids, and every one of them are talented, and and in their own right, and, and he goes, well, I'll tell you what, he said, you and your dad made it, didn't you? I said, yeah, kind of the hard way, though. I was hoping I might could help him out a little bit, you know, that he wouldn't have to go through what I went through. Speaking of Garth. Yeah. There, you cut the Thunder Rolls first. Yep, I was How first How did that off. happen? It, it, well, what that happened was I was at Capitol, you know, it was over here, uh-huh. and um, I was in Crutchville's office going over songs for the new album, and uh, um, he played this Thunder Rolls demo, mm-hmm. and I go, which was a very spooky song. I go, okay, okay, 
oh, the song is okay. I'm, I'm sure the song's good, but right now all I can think about is who's singing it. And uh, Jerry said, oh, it's the, you know how he talks. Oh, it's this uh, writer. Strangle voice this like that. writer in town, new writer called Garth Brooks. And I said, well, somebody better grow some ears around here because they need to sign, be signing his ass, you know. And um, <laughs> and I don't know, I, I, I mean, I, I would like to say I was a part of it and make believe that. But a week later, they signed him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had re- what happened, though, is that when I, heard, I listened to the song, I said, Jerry, I, 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 I want another verse on it. I go, I want to kill that guy. He ain't going to get by with that. No, I won't. he's going he to die. <laughs> okay. And so he, he called him back and said, well, she likes the song, but she wants to kill him. You know? <laughs> and uh, so uh, uh, Crutch wrote the third verse. He did? He wrote it. He told me that other day. I didn't know that. Uh, he, nobody gives him credit for it. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I, re- I recorded, the, the, you know, killed him and all that. That gun in the dresser drawer, and he won't do that to me no more, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, in between the time my album was going to come out, well, they'd signed Garth and started. He wanted, with, he wanted the song. And then they called Jerry and said, We really want the song back. And, you know, Jerry said, What am I going to do? Tell a writer he can't have his song back? You know, mm-hmm. it's just not good business. Right. So we gave him the song back, and I expected that would be all right. And uh, and, and but we did put it, my version on the, um, the box set, box set. Mm-hmm. and uh, but uh, that's how that all happened. That shows, I, like I said, you have great ears. Can we can we hear a little bit of even the third verse of that? Can you? Let's just see. To... Um, mm. Talk in the morning. Mm, there's a storm moving in. Hoping it's the weather. It was I can't even remember I the words. I can't either. I'm going. But you know, he's coming home from someplace where and you know he should have been. But it never should have been. been. And, mm, and on the wind and rain, a brand new perfume. Uh, and he knows in her eyes if she knows that he knows. I don't let her thunder rolls. Bom, bom, bom. Yeah, that was a really good time. In fact, what's funny is I got on the airplane the day after I recorded it. I was sitting at the airport waiting to get on a plane, and Reba was there. Mm-hmm. She walked up. You know, it was going to flight to London, and she walks up, didn't say hello, how you doing? Good to see you. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, how'd Thunder Rolls come off? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how'd she know? Because she wanted to cut it, oh. and they wouldn't let her. They wouldn't. They said, no, we've already, think you know, they've already given it to Tanya, so we can't take it from Tanya, give it to you. So she, she really wanted the song, ah. and uh, they said she couldn't have it. So she had Thunder Rolls come off. <laughs> uh, it, it was good. Meow. Meow. <laughs> really good. She must have had a voodoo doll or something because, ah, she won't get that song. If I don't have it, she can't have it. But no, uh, yeah, she. It, it, it's a great song. I mean. Uh, yeah, it's a very dramatic song. You know. Uh, and kind of up your alley, you know. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I really. Uh, you always had the drama thing going on. I thought Crutchfield said that I didn't cut it. There's a reason. He just straightened me up on this about two weeks ago. Really? <laughs> For all these years, I've been like... What, he said your version was no good? No, no, I thought he said well, I didn't thought. cut it. You know, I just didn't, ha- didn't, didn't really get it. Get it. Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, I want to straighten that. He goes, I'll straighten that out right now. No, they couldn't get it. <laughs> the, the record label. You nailed it. Yeah, you did nail and it. He said, and I even went in after we gave the song back. I went in before we put it on the box set and made it a little bigger, you know. 
because I said you got to get that big sound at the end, you know, really big. And uh, he, he he said I still didn't make it big enough. <laughs> so he said it was me that didn't really cut it. You sang the hell out of it. So just straightened that up just a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Oh, it's funny how say, people heard, remember I've things your, differently. I've heard your version. It's really good. He's waiting at the window as he pulls into the drive. She rushes out to hold him, so thankful he's alive. But all the wind and rain. A brand new perfume blows The lightning flashes in her eyes And he knows that she knows She runs into the hallway And through the bedroom door She reaches for the pistol In the bottom dresser drawer The lady in the mirror says he won't do this again This'll be the last night That I'll wonder where he's been And the thunder rolls You corrected me one time, and I, I sort of said to you one time, well, he wasn't that great a manager, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't an expert in music, and he was you know, your dad. And you said, the reason I have my money today is because of my dad. You said oh. he, he took care of you like no other manager would have. Is the oh, way, no, yeah. That's the way uh, you put it to me. Absolutely right? impossible to. In fact, you know, when Leanne and her dad had a fallen out. Yes, I do. <laughs> I remember her dad calling my dad mm -hmm. and asking him for advice, what he would do. And my dad, I heard him on the phone. I was on the other end. <laughs> and uh, he, said, he said, go grab her up, give her a big old hug, and just be her daddy. Oh, and all that other advice. stuff go. And he said that was the best advice he'd ever gotten. And, of course, they got back together. But, you know, he was just a different person. He was not normal. And uh, he had uh, dad, a third-grade education, mm -hmm. my dad. Mm -hmm. and um, But he was so intelligent, really intelligent. Street, he could outfigure any lawyer. He had street smarts. Oh, Street, country, I mean, wherever, <laughs> overpass. It, I mean, he could, he could fly. I mean, he flew planes, you know, and um, and uh, flew under the stoplight in Denver City for impress my mom, you know. <laughs> and, you know, he didn't really like many people, he, and he didn't care if you liked him. He didn't, he didn't care. I was always a little scared of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody was, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, I've had, I've got friends. I've got one friend that hung in there all, all that time. He's been accused of everything, Hank. Oh my God, my dad wore him out, thinking it's something up. Because my dad always thought somebody's using you. He goes, you know, the guy flying you around that Learjet. He said, you know what? Remember why he's doing that. And and he said, if you don't think that's right, then he tell him to go pick up your sister. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, my God, it's so true. We need to go out with something up-tempo, don't we? Sure. Let's uh, do it. What about, it's down to my last teardrop. That's too high, isn't it? Uh, what about... Um, oh, you want me to sing it? Yeah, or it's a little too late. Well, something. I mean, next time I'm going to be standing up, I guarantee you that. Or how about it's a little too late? Is that better? Well, I mean, I can do anything in, in Johnny Cash key, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Help me sing this song, June. Come over here. <laughs> It's still too, too high. Is that a teardrop? Uh, up all night. Oh, oh. It's a little too late. I was up all night. I wonder what to do. I'm thinking that I ought to just forget about you. But it's a little too late. 
But it's a little too late You walked in, I should have walked out But it's a little too late to do the right thing now <laughs> Turn the jukebox up on some sawdust damp I'm too far gone to turn this heart around I may be wrong, but I don't want out Well, it's a little too, too late to do the right thing now Uh-uh, yeah Presley and Tanya thing. Tucker, folks. Thank you, gals. Oh, Thanks my God. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, Presley, I know you have got big, big things in store. You are too good not to have things happen for oh, you. Thank you so much. You I can sing. It. You know, it's like every time I talk to my kids, I hear my dad. Right? I mean, I go, oh, man, I'm so sorry. My dad's I'm coming so out. I'm so sorry because now I know what I did to you, you know? <laughs> and it's like if I could just get them to do everything I wanted them to do, you know, everything. Me. <laughs> But they won't. They won't do it. And they, they won't shouldn't. Do it. And they shouldn't. Well, thank you guys. And when again. I retire, she can just float right in there. You'll never the retire. The band. I pass the band down. The bus. Everything. The word retirement is not in your vocabulary. No. <laughs> well, no. I. It, it's just if I if I start not singing singing good, I'm I ain't gonna do it no more. You still got your pipes. I mean, I mean, it'll come a time though. You know, that does to everybody. Eventually, it's gonna go. And when it does. I hope I can just sit back and ride horses. Yeah. Well, I may not be able to do that, but uh, <laughs> I can look at them. Before we let you go, we want to welcome you to the B-Side. Here's a chance for us to have some fun and tell one last story. As you just heard, Tanya's always been a bit of an outlaw in country music, pushing the boundaries in order to broaden her brand. Well, here's a candid look at what happened to her when she tried to go a little more mainstream and produce a pop album. I didn't know that Marin Morris was singing that Target jingle until like two oh, weeks yeah. ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I finally said, who is that singing? And then, me in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, she's, it used to be used, used uh, country music to get into pop, you know, to pop. I mean, that's, that's mm -hmm. pretty much the way right. it goes, not the other way around. Right. I remember when I went a little, just a little rock and roll, everybody just wanted to disown me, you know. That's true. <laughs> I mean, Charlie Douglas called all the other DJs in the country and said, don't play her record. You're kidding me. I couldn't believe he did that. That's a weasel I mean, thing what, to do. I mean, that must have cost him a lot to call all those DJs and say, don't, and I, you know, I always had, had a good, really good relationship with him. But they yeah, were, I, people I were mad was... at me. Well. Just because I was trying to, you know, you make country. Anyway. I wanted to broaden. I wanted to do what, you know, that damn uh, Garth ended up doing. I like your pop records, actually. Next time, Angelina Presley, a coal miner's daughter, and a real McCoy on her mother's side of the family. We'll hear how Angelina found her musical voice in the hollers of eastern Kentucky and why she's now standing up for female artists to be heard on country music radio. It's a can't-miss episode only on Children of Song, the podcast everyone's talking about. Till next time, I'm Brad Newman. Thanks for listening. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. 
Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.